From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is Mind Medicine on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind Medicine program. I'm your host, Charles Coves. I'm Australasia's passion provocateur. And for those of you watching the vision, I'm wearing my red jacket, red, the color of passion. That's my my brand, so I'm delighted that you can see me. And if you're hearing a recording or watching via only hearing, the great news is the TNT you can watch as well. So it's 7 p.m. here in Melbourne where I'm located. And my guest today, Keith Bullfin, is also located in Melbourne. It's 6 p.m. in the headquarters of TNT Radio up the Gold Coast, it's midnight Saturday in LA, 3 a.m. in New York, 8 a.m. Sunday morning to those in the UK who are getting ready to go to church, I hope, and 9 a.m. in Budapest, where my parents came from many, many years ago. So for 20 or 30 years this year, I've been Australasia's passion provocateur talking about passion, and this show is all about designing helping you design your life so you live life with passion. And certainly, Keith Bullfin is a passionate man. This show is also about how and why mind matters and how you can keep yours in great shape. I want to share, we share ideas with you to provoke new ways of thinking about your life and life generally. We discuss insights into mental health issues and health issues of all descriptions. And to that end, we're delighted to bring this program to you in association with a wonderful charity, Mind Medicine Australia, established almost five years ago, working to legalise psychedelic drugs. And the great news is that from the 1st of July last year, MDMA and psilocybin have been approved for prescription in Australia by psychiatrists. Now, this is a big breakthrough because psychedelic drugs can have fantastic results where pharmaceutical drugs over many years have not had great results for mental health. So there's another series of tools in the armory of mental health experts. Please visit the website, mindmedicineaustralia.org. We talk about health here, and my definition of health is based on the Hungarian word for health, agesheg, which means wholeness. The Hungarian language is very precise. And so my definition of health is that for you, it's the unique optimal balance for you of mental, physical, and spiritual elements. You see, nobody on planet Earth has your body. Keith, no one has your body. No one's got my body. And that's the fraud that's been perpetrated on humanity by talking about public health. No, each person's health is a different state of affairs. Health is the unique optimal balance of mental, physical, spiritual. That's why we cover all of those elements in this program. And certainly Keith Bullfin has had his mental health, his mental strength capabilities. I'm blown away by them as we, as you will hear about what he's been able to do. But mental health is such, such a crucial aspect to our whole appreciation of life. So I'm delighted that you're here. Stick around and We've had wonderful programs. Next next week, it's going to be the two-year anniversary of this program and, indeed, the two-year anniversary of TNT Radio. So uh, it's, been, it's been some wonderful conversations and some wonderful insights for you of how to live life 
in a healthy way. We talk about passion and its impact on your mental health. And when you are passionate, you will have better mental health. That's my promise to you. Because from, passion comes from your soul and your mind. That's where fear comes from. But from your soul, that's where love comes from. And the more passionate you are and love your life, the less mental health problems you have. Now, before I go into Keith's background, I want to make a couple of comments on what's happening on the planet. Rainer Fulmich, wonderful German US attorney, is still being tortured in German jail. This is an outrage, and I want everyone to understand this torture that's happening to a man in Germany who has not been convicted of any crime. And even if he were convicted of a crime, he's still not entitled and there's no basis for torturing him. And trust me, he's being tortured. I have information from his wife who's based in Mexico, and Keith knows all about Mexico. He was kidnapped at the German embassy in Mexico, taken to Germany, and we are committed to publicising his plight. Please do what you can to raise the dialogue around Rainer Fulmich. Last week, I was privileged to moderate a meeting where Archbishop Carlo Vigano made a brilliant statement, a New Year's statement, and he talked about the fraud that's been perpetrated on humanity, the depopulation agenda. You can see his 16-minute statement, the recording of that statement, on Rumble Channel. It's a powerful statement. He talks about the weakness of what I call MWE, the minority evil elite. And he said that their weakness is the crimes they're committing against children. And the Archbishop said, our key strategy is to attack them on their weakness of these elites. And their weakness is their perversion and their pedophilia. It's outrageous what's happening at the highest levels of government, of business. Jeffrey Epstein material published last week. Keith Bullfin's going to be talking about this evil. And it's and the Archbishop said it's up to us to take action. It's up to us to shine a light on it. Well, I'm committed to doing so. I have five children. I have three grandchildren. I have no intent of shutting up about pedophiles. And it's simply scandalous that the mainstream media ignores this information. It is a scandal. And I want you to ask yourself, how come mainstream media is not talking about the child trafficking that happens globally? So please have a look at the Archbishop's statement. I'm, I'm, as many of you know, regular listeners will know that I'm on a mission to track Dick Dan, dictator Daniel Andrews, the former Premier of Victoria. I want to track his every movement. I, want, I put on notice any company that wants to pay Daniel Andrews one cent that they will be targeted. Daniel Andrews deserves nothing. He has been the worst premier in Victoria's history since it was founded in 1851. He has got away with crimes, corruption, lying, uh, perjury. He is an evil man who has done evil things to this state, as have many other premiers, in fact, all of the premiers around Australia who presided over the COVID response. 
and it's up to us to track their behaviour. Now, I'm also committed to bringing these people to justice. When the courts are less corrupted than they are now, and they are corrupted, they've been politicised and in many cases corrupted in Australia and around the world and in Germany, which is why Reiner Fulmich is being tortured in jail. When the courts are properly reconstituted, when Daniel Andrews is held to account for his crimes, he will lose his retirement benefits. And I'm on a mission to make sure that every one of these leaders who behaved in criminal ways, which every premier did in Australia, they lose their retirement benefits. They are living off the they are living off the public who are suffering, and they they think they're going to sail off into the sunset enjoying their retirement benefits. Mark my words, you evil lot. You will not sail off into the sunset when you're convicted of crimes because your retirement benefits cease when you're convicted of those crimes when that you committed in office. The last thing I want to say before introducing Keith Bullfin to you is that Julian Gillespie and a number of other lawyers are putting together the terms of reference for a Senate inquiry into the terms of reference for a Royal Commission into the COVID response in Australia. And those submissions are closing on the 12th of January this week. You can add your signatory, signature to those terms of reference. The more signatures we have, the more we can make sure that the Senate properly drafts the terms of reference for a, a Royal Commission into COVID, not terms of reference that are drafted by the bureaucracy and the technocracy that deserve to be examined. So lots of other things happening, but I really want to I really want to get to Keith. I can I could take this show for two hours, Keith, just in case you didn't know about other things I want to talk about, including nonsense in the Melbourne Age this morning about local councils and conspiracy theorists standing for local government elections. They will stand for local government elections. And if anyone calls you a conspiracy theory for questioning mainstream media, wear it as a badge of office. I am a conspiracy theory on the definition of the mainstream media. And I say the mainstream media is fraudulent. And the one way you can test that is, is it reporting on child trafficking? And it's not. The mainstream media is fraudulent. I don't care if the mainstream media calls me a conspiracy theorist. That I consider a badge of office. Now, Keith Bullfin is a man with with huge experience, but 23 years experience in investigations, 10 years of which were spent working undercover within Mexican and Colombian drug cartels, human traffic syndicates, terrorist groups and the mafia for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI in the US and the Drug Enforcement Administration. During his tenure, at both the FBI and DEA, Keith operated undercover in a maximum security prison to convince two Mexican drug, drug cartel leaders that he could be the next banker for their cartels and eventually set up and operated covert banking operations for both of them as an undercover agent for both the FBI and DEA. He's the author of Undercover, a book he published in 2010 that is available on Amazon. Please get it. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. He details in that book his experiences working for both the FBI and DEA. Keith graduated from the University of Queensland in Economics, also graduated in 2022 with a Master of Business Law from Southern Cross Uni. He's currently pursuing a Master of Research 
the thesis money laundering in the Australian banking system with a specialization in money laundering. And Keith has also set up a foundation. And Keith, welcome to the show. And I would love you to tell us most importantly about the foundation, the Monitor Foundation that you have established. And then we'll go back into your background, but please tell us about your foundation and how we can support it. Okay, well, thank you very much, Charles, for the introduction. <clears throat> Monitor's Foundation is uh, designed to protect vulnerable people from trafficking. And currently, in 2023, we had over 25 million people trafficked around the world. Now, of that, 4.8 million were children and sold to the sex trade industry. And 99% of that were females. <clears throat> in some cases, girls as age 12 and 14. So we have a huge crisis on our hand globally. And there is so much corruption and bribery <clears throat> by organized crime. And trafficking is a major cash flow for them. So we have situations, you know, where in North Africa, people are sold to slave labor, but we have a lot of the girls being sold in the sex trade industry. So it's a flow from immigration or the immigrants they are migrating into Europe from North Africa, as well as people from the Middle East trying to get into Western Europe. Girls are vulnerable, and particularly ones who've lost their family or orphaned because of the war in Syria and Iraq, and also because of the conflict in Iran. Uh, these girls wander into the hands of people who promise them employment, promise them, them a job, um, and promise them, them an education, particularly if they're 12 or 14 years old, and promise them a a safe home to live in. So these girls have got nothing. They come from, you know, war-torn areas. And as a consequence of that, they're led into a trap and sold to the sex trade industry. And it's interesting, Charles, you've mentioned Budapest or um, Hungary. And when I became involved in human trafficking was, in fact, in Budapest. So we came across um, a human trafficking organization that were very sophisticated and they in turn trafficked girls and it was estimated between 350 to 500 girls every quarter who were shipped into budapest in a warehouse and then sold off to the sex trade industry in western europe so what the fbi decided to do was with the french and the belgian police is to try and get someone inside that organization as a banker. I was that person. And so when I became involved, I didn't realize the how much corruption and bribery. We had police, we had their intelligence agency, we had ministers and government officials all involved, all on the payroll of this organization. And as a consequence, it became extremely difficult to try and dismantle this organization. The only way we could do it effectively is destroy their financial operation. So I became the banker, banking their funds. And as a result, when the FBI raided with the um, intelligence organization within Hungary, good people, and it's not to say that they're all bad people, there are an element. There's always an element in every country. So there was, we were able to dismantle that and save a majority of the girls in the warehouse at that particular time. 
So, and so what really I suffered from that, I really to meet these girls and to see how they've been sold and, and how they're beaten up if they tried to escape. And, and, and then you realise that a lot of these girls are 16, 17 years of age. And, and, and I never saw anyone under the age of 16. But some of these girls, when dressed up, look younger, like 12, 14 years. And there's such an appetite by people, pedophiles, which you were talking about, in Western Europe for these girls and are prepared to pay large amounts of money for them. So I was disturbed by this. So I decided in my own way is that I perhaps could make a difference. So I set up Monitors Foundation. Initially, I set it up on the Ukraine-Polish border and the purpose of that was a lot of the girls escaping from the war in Ukraine, coming across into Poland, were being rescued by various organisations, but also being picked up by human traffickers. And a case in point, we had a 16-year-old girl who we missed, but was sold to the sex trade industry. The, the, um, the brothel that she went to in Germany, in Berlin, was raided by the police. They identified the girl as 16, and when they interviewed her, they found that she came from Ukraine. They interviewed her and knew where she crossed from the border. And they contacted myself because they knew that I was running a Monitors Foundation uh, team on the border. And, and they asked me if this group of human traffickers were related to the team that we broke in in Budapest. And yes, they were. And they had reassembled in in um, Bulgaria and Romania. So it, it, when you close their one operation, they resurface elsewhere. Wow, Keith, that that is <clears throat> that is amazing. It's like it's like a weed, isn't it? And we've got to go to a we've got to go to a break. We'll come back and explore Monitors Foundation. The website is monitorsfoundation.com. I'm with Keith Bullfin, and we'll be back after these messages. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. Since, since, well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world these people are have been after israel forever and and uh, supported by iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them uh, you know basically uh create chaos in the middle east terrorism and and we saw what happened earlier this year about a month ago uh, the two one attack in israel and the death and destruction rape and kidnapping more than 240 people kidnapped joe hoft on today's news talk radio tnt when you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. 
If you're still wearing a cloth or a surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Mind Medicine Program. My guest in this hour is Keith Bullfin. We're talking about the horrors of child trafficking and Keith's foundation, the Monitors Foundation. We found it at monitorsfoundation.com. We're talking about these groups, these gangs that get disbanded and rebuilt. So we're talking about Ukraine re-established in Bulgaria. So keep going with the story, Keith, and why you've established this foundation. And also when we discovered at the same time that there was a lot of girls from Iran, Syria and Iraq being shipped through Turkey and Greece into Western Europe, and so we became, we set up the operation on the border with um, Ukraine and uh, Poland, um, a monitor's foundation with a safe house in England. And we got support for the safe house in England in terms of government support, paying for the rental, giving us um, people who could help some of the victims that we had rescued. But the, 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 it's, it's huge. I mean, we, we, the volume of people that come to us for help is staggering and we don't have the resources nor the money in order to do that. And the emphasis is now on Central America because of the huge influx of migration across into the United States. So we've had people from Hollywood actors, Mary McDonald, who actually an actress in Dancing with the Wolves. She's making a video for us at the present moment because she's alarmed, alarmed at what is happening to the sex industry in the United States. We've had the, you, you know, Me Too movement because of the Harvey Weinstein and now the Epstein. But at the same time, there has been a growth, a significant growth from the last 18 months of of um, sexual houses, if you like, where young girls are being caught by the police providing sexual services to the wealthy and the elite. So Epson is is one for sure, but they're the middle class and, and the upper class and the corporate world and Hollywood alone have this huge appetite for young girls. And, and when we're talking young girls, they're talking 14 to 16-year-olds. So they've asked me to set up safe houses in Mexico. We're endeavouring to do that, but to do that, I need money. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the reason why they've come to me is my connections, because when I worked in Mexico as an undercover agent, I, in turn, you know, you, you play a delicate game. You, you, you provide the agencies with a certain amount of information, but at the same time, you've got to protect yourself. So you can build alliances with certain cartels. So in other words, these are the ones who are responsible for the trafficking of the migration, which is hitting the the Mexican border. And these people have been bussed into major cities throughout the United States. But what is the real concern, Charles, is a lot of the girls are, are on their own and have been snatched off these buses. Offered employment, offered what's foster sna- home. What's snatched, snatched off the buses while they're with their families and then they're... No, they've been disoriented. In other words, the buses have gone off. Their family's in another bus somewhere because they herded onto a bus. There's no sort of 
control as you've seen from the media and the and the highlight in the United States. So you've got kids in one bus, the family's in another bus, the family might have gone to Chicago and the parents have gone to New York. So then it's just a matter of getting with the immigration, try and match up the family. It's an absolute disaster, but it's it's actually opened the door to organised crime to snatch these people and sell them into the sex trade industry. And we're talking an enormous amount of money. So these this organised crime is, one, they transport the the people, the the refugees, if you like, flow them across the border. And once across the border, they then can identify certain girls who they can then sell to the sex trade industry. So this is a huge concern. And this week in Hollywood, we've got, you know, the Critics Award, the Emmys, the Golden Globes. So I've got one or two people who are deemed to be movers and shakers who are mainly female actresses who really want to make a difference. They really want to see me open up two to three safe houses. And when we talk, and not only a safe house, but then you need the monitors to go along with it. So to open up a safe house costs us roughly about 350,000 US because you, you, it's, you, 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 you don't want to be in a situation which we've encountered before where we've actually bought girls off a human trafficking group. And this was in the case where the, the group came across from the border of Yemen into Oman. They sold us the girls, said, you pay us $60,000, we'll give you the girls. So we paid the $60,000, got the girls. We got a benefit benefactor in for the 60000 We rescued the girls. Whilst we took all the details, we then shipped them to up to Muscat, which is – but the – the, the the vessel or the bus that took them there never made it. Wow. They were picked up by the same, we think, it's just our assumption, picked up by the same crowd and brought them back because they offered us more girls and now at a higher price. So it's it's ongoing. So the experience, it has a devastating effect on you and it's so, an emotional so Keith, journey. So, Keith, it's, it's hugely devastating. Now, now. What I really want your, your thoughts, I want to touch on, you know, your background, your book. I really want people to read your, your book. If you just give us a bit of background on that. But then why is, oh, wonderful, you're showing it up on the screen, called Undercover by Keith Bullfin, available on Amazon, correct? Correct. And um, so I, I really want to hear that story. And then, I'm, but we'll, come, we'll go to that in a moment, but I really want to, understand what your view is on why mainstream media is ex- is totally ignoring this whole this this extraordinary evil as the archbishop vegano said you know it's it's literally being put under the cover by mainstream media millions millions of kids trafficked for sex each year why is there silence and the movie the sound of freedom which, as you know, sold more than $200 million worth of ticket sales last year, was literally ignored in the mainstream media. You know, small comments on it. No, the Vatican said nothing about it. What's your view about why the silence? I think it's people don't want to hear about it. And I think that it's, uh, you know, human trafficking is someone, it's a touchy subject. People just don't want to talk about it. And that concerns me. 
Oh, it concerns me enormously. So I'm I'm doing what I can. I'm going to continue to do what I can because we have to talk about it. Absolutely. And the more people who talk about it, the more films are made about it, more documentaries out there and the awareness. But in order to do that, the small groups who do make a difference, like ourselves, we, we just need more and more funding in order to provide safe houses, to provide monitors, to, to provide the resources in order to protect these people. Well, we're so, going to have to make you a media superstar, Keith, so that you can get this message out. And I'm committed to telling the world about Monitors Foundation, so we'll keep doing that. Now, come back to Undercover. How did that book give us give us the three, four minutes? Because I know you could give us an hour presentation. It's a wonderful, wonderful story, but give us the potted version, or yeah, four or five minutes. Well, I think. Money laundering in, in, in per se is, is huge. The, the volume of money that is laundered through the, the system is staggering. And if you look at uh, the drug trade out of Mexico and Colombia alone, you know, they're talking half a trillion dollars. And, you know, the Mexican drug cartels have the, they control the cocaine market. So, you know, they're not only controller from, um, from more to the distribution. You know, the distribution uh, through Brazil into Africa and into Europe and the amount of money that is circulating from illegal activities, not only money laundering, but human trafficking, firearms, is staggering. And according to the US Department of Justice, we're talking roughly 800 million to 2 billion. And according to the United Nations Crime and Drug organization, they estimate it's in excess of $2 billion. So this is the amount of money. So we talk about a cashless society, but we'll never have a cashless society because money speaks. Money is what everybody wants. It's cash. Mm. And certainly the amount of illegal cash roaming around the world is huge. So um, so we have slave labour as well, you know, there's, and, and that when you talk about trafficking, we talk about 25 million people and, and we're talking roughly 20 million people are forced into uh, slave labour. So the and, numbers broadly are 25 million each year are trafficked. Correct. Of whom 20 million are going to slave labour and some 4.8 million, roughly 5 million kids uh, traffic mainly for sex purposes. Correct. And and also uh, the US Department of Justice came out at the end of last year and said that forced labour generates a um, to, for the private economy $150 billion in illegal profits. So private enterprise globally using forced labour has generated over $150 billion. Wow. So, and then you've got to take into consideration that what concerns a number of organisations in Australia, Ernst and Young, major law firms, other accounting firms, is how many Australian firms are using forced labour? And mm -hmm. when you and so forced labour is is organised by organised crime. So you've got organised crime that are generating money by, you know, and a lot of this forced labour, and we've had isolated instances in Australia is domestic and then you get domestic help, but it's also in factories and that type of thing. So and we have 
There's other types of industry in, in Australia which, which have been currently looked upon by the federal police in terms of, you know, they feel and are confident that a lot of the people working in these types of industry are forced labour. In other words, they've got they've been um, threatened, bullied, intimidated, uh, take away their freedom in order to work next to nothing, just to basically survive. And this is and, happening in Australia? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I go past some of these market gardens, Keith, and I see, you know, people with their usually Asians, you know, with their yeah. Vietnamese-style hats working there. And my understanding is they take their passports, they trap them into a, a system where they can, really can't get out. And there's been some media given to a family that did that. That's how they get this forced labour. And these people are scared to go to the police or they're almost trapped in the houses, aren't they? They are. And, and I'll give you, not in forced labour, but in sex labour, we can give you another example. This girl was actually uh, 19 years of age and she'd come from Belarus and she was promised a job in Lebanon. So they sent her an airline ticket. She flew to Beirut and got off the plane, met by the so-called people who had offered her employment, and she was immediately kidnapped and sold to a Russian business person living in Tel Aviv. And, and she became basically um, trapped, her passport taken, and she was then forced to work for the Russian businessman to service his wealthy clients when he demanded it. And it was only through someone, um, one of these forced he had forced her into a relationship with an American who reported the situation to the FBI, and the FBI then arranged for her rescue. But she gave a wealth of information in terms of how she was trapped, the false advertising, it will give you employment, how she was met at the airport, how she thought she was going to be employed, and then found out she was used purely and simply for sex gratification. And we only have to read the papers and the headlines today that people were doing it uh, a few years ago. Epstein, yes, doing exactly the same. It's so the Archbishop, in his statement on my Rumble channel, and the address is rumble.com forward slash user forward slash CB Coves, C for Charlie, B for Bravo Coves. If you go to that Rumble channel, you can see that that recording, listeners, and he said. Uh, you know, that the way to break the cabal that wants the new world order, the Great Reset, and now we're getting the United Nations, Keith, I'm sure you've seen these calls, for children in primary school to be given sexual partners. I got an email just today, the UN's pushing to reduce the age of consent down to some 12, 13 years of, years of age. Like this is at, the, at, a, at a UN level and you know I, I just I'm I'm just literally flabbergasted by by the openness and then Epstein the Archbishop said people we need to shine a light on these perverts and pedophiles my question to you is what would you love to see the ordinary person listening to this recording watching it live? You know, what can the ordinary person do about the, this enormous problem? Like this is 5 million 
25 million a year. Oh, there's a there's an organization called the Mekong Club that I've had exposure to that is working on anti-slavery, anti-forced labor. What does the ordinary person do to take heed of the archbishop's admonition to shine a light on these pedophiles? I, I, well, I think, you know, there, there are options available to us, but I think it's a very difficult battle. I think what we have to do is we talked about safe houses and having monitors, and I think that there's got to be more awareness of the good work that those people can do. And if you if you say there's five, what we the United Nations and what the US Department of Justice says, 4.8 to 5 million sold to the sex trade industry. If you can make a difference, become, um, get out there, get the media support, government support in terms of having more safe houses and also get corporate, the corporate world to, to, to back you financially, as well as individuals to back you. And then you have more conferences and more talks and more exposure. And then what we've got at the moment, we've got Hollywood who are prepared to back us in terms of actresses who are prepared to make videos and talk about this crisis. And, and I think this all stems from the, the, the Me Too movement, but also the Epson crisis. So there's this opportunity. It's just gates that's open. But we, we really got to be seen. I think that this is like a tsunami. So we, we've got a small wave. So we need to build on this and open these safe houses, get them uh, and monitors, work with the governments, get recognition to what we're doing. And my target is to save a million children in the next five years, per a million out of the 4.8. That's our target. And we can't do that unless we got one the financial support. The two, we need Hollywood to talk about it. We need Hollywood to talk to the media. We need television companies. We need more films and documentaries to be made about it. But you've got to show that we are doing something as opposed to talking about it. The film, you know, freedom in terms it sounds of freedom. Friends, it sounds freedom. The story of Tim Ballard. Yes, well, that's that's good. But you need to show what are we doing. Not rescuing, but we, we, we're rescuing on the borders. We, we're making, are making a difference. You know, like in, we run our operation in Kenya. So in, in Kenya, we, we, we could rescue 30 girls a day. We could, but we don't have the resources or the money to do it. So it, it becomes extremely difficult. You feel like sometimes you're like, you know, you, you want to remember in the old days, if you want to adopt children, you went into an orphanage and they said, well, this is a group and, and it's like an interview and you choose one child and that child goes off for a better life and the rest stay. Um, this is what we're doing in refugee camps because we don't have the money or the resources. Yes. So we, we go for the youngest. And so yes, it, it, seems, it seems to me that that we've got to go to a break in a moment. It seems to me that the that the success of the numbers of people who saw Sound of Freedom, the movie, that was also financed to some degree by Mel Gibson, I understand. Yes. Um, the success of that, I think, shows that people do are, are concerned about it. That's an extraordinary success without, without major studio support to sell over $200 million of ticket sales. And so... I'm just thinking, you know, one of the issues we have to do is to publicise so that if people, the ordinary, what the ordinary person can do, and you touched on a point there, we can run organised conferences. I think that's a great strategy. And secondly, people who work 
at organisations like the big four accounting firms, Ernst & Young, PwC, Deloitte's, and the fourth one, we'll remember in a moment, um, they can literally raise the issue with their local managing partners to say, hey, what are we doing about forced labour, about slavery, about trafficking? Because that is a way to drive this message. All right, we've got to go to a break. I'm with Keith Bullfin, a man doing wonderful, wonderful work. We'll be back after these messages. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Exploring solutions to the mental health crisis. This is Mind Medicine on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back. My guest is Keith Bullfin, a wonderful expert on money laundering, on anti-child trafficking, on human trafficking. And we've been talking about his foundation that deserves your support, monitorsfoundation.com. Please visit the site, Monitors Foundation, setting up safe houses. Now, Keith? We do have um, a donation page on that Monitors Foundation website. So if you would like to make a donation, just please go to monitorsfoundation.com. You'll see a donation page and your donation will make a difference. Thank you. Excellent. Please, please support this important work. Now, I met Keith in the late 1980s in Melbourne. He gained notoriety in the early 90s in Melbourne when he became a banker to a local Mexican, uh, to a Mexican who arrived in East Q, as I recall, or Q. And Keith was splashed all over the newspapers. And that's how he became the banker to the to the drug cartel lords. Now, that's where the book Undercover comes about. Now, Keith, the question I have for you, and then you've touched on earlier in our conversation how distressing it was to see the what happens to children who are trafficked for sexual purposes. I mean, it's a distressing exercise. My question to you is, from the 90s, the stresses, you've been under enormous stress. Tell me how you've, how you've handled this. What lessons have you learned in handling stress and tough times? I think um, it, it was stress. <laughs> you, I could write a book about that. 
<laughs> in itself. But I think initially I probably did what a lot of people did. You know, you go on an operation and you're an undercover for a period of time. And when you come back, you tend to have a, a, a take to alcohol and drink and try and deaden the pain and deaden, you know, the memories of that operation. But I then gave up alcohol and said, well, I don't think that's the way to do it. So the only way I deal through is like meditation and the stress levels. I swim every day. You know, I swim in the cold sea and I swim 1,500 metres in the sea and then I take the board out, a rescue board, and I paddle out in the sea and I sit on the board and I meditate for a period of time. And all the stresses and the worries that I have, I try and just say, isolate them. This is what I'm, this is the difficulty I'm having. How do I handle that? What have I got to do to overcome that problem? Because it's causing having, causing me mental issues and health issues. So I've got to say to myself, I've got to move forward. I've got to be positive. I've got to say that no, nothing is, you don't want to have brick walls. You want to be able to walk through them, those brick walls. So all the challenges thrown at you, you've got to be able to accept them, but you analyze the channels. But at the same time, you got to think about your own health. And I meditation is my form. You know, I sort of sit down and think, okay, I've got to solve this problem. And you don't want, and it, and this is the other thing, uh, Charles, and, I, and you could probably relate to this, but when you sit down with your friends and they say, oh, it's, it's like a soldier who's come back from Iraq or Afghanistan, you know, your friends will say, so, so I've just heard you just come, you're in the army. Yes, you just come back from Afghanistan. How bad was that? And you say, oh, yeah, it was pretty bad because you've lost friends or, you know, friends have been blown up. And then they go, yeah, must have been bad. By the way, are you going to the footy on Saturday? Yes. They don't want to discuss it. They want to move on. It's yes. too horrible to learn. That's, that's, and, and most people are not well equipped to to listen to those stories, particularly blokes, Keith. I mean, that's what, one of the things we've learned, haven't we, on this journey, that, that blokes want to solve the problem. If I can't solve the problem, I don't want to talk about the problem, whereas the person suffering, and hence the work of Mind Medicine Australia, you know, the, the, the therapeutic benefit of psychedelic drugs, because people have been suffering from war, from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. They yeah. come back and and they're on, they put onto these pharmaceutical drugs for 10, 15 years that have no appreciable benefit. And then these psychedelic drugs in, a, in association with therapy, with psychiatric and, and support, the stories can come out. So you raise a very interesting point that men have to become better listeners. Absolutely. And I think the other thing as well, um, because I've experienced, you know, when you see someone who's had cancer or who's been very sick and and they fought the cancer, you don't know the battle they've been through. So it's very difficult to talk to them about it. So it's the same as someone who's been in prison, someone who's come back from the war, someone who's lost a child. It's very difficult to go through that with them. So what happens is they sit down with um, people who are trained in this sort of area. and But I think to me, Charles, is people who have experienced what I've experienced, I think I'm better equipped to talk to people about if they, you know, are suicidal or they've had a problem in the war, I can talk them through it because I've been there myself. Mm. 
So as opposed to reading a textbook or coming up with other case studies, you need to be able to relate. This is my journey. I've heard your journey, but this is how I've overcome it. And this is what I suggest you could do. And then mm. walk them through a pathway they may have never considered before. And you always got to work on the assumption someone's worse off than you. And you also go, when you work through human trafficking and you deal with drug cartels and criminal organisation, you see the roofness and you witness executions and you witness people being beaten to death. You, 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 and then you come back and you're being debriefed by the FBI or the DEA or, or the federal police. And they say, well, you know, this, you went into the room, this is what happened and the person was killed. Yes. So, and, and, and you tell the story and then they do a lie detector test just to make sure what you said is correct. And then, then they say, well, okay, let's thank you very much. And you go off. So no one's going to say, let's get into this room. Let's talk through this again, mm. exactly what occurred. Let's have this emotional journey. Let's get it all out. So we, you got to do it on your own. Yes, so, so so that's the message, dear listeners, to to be number one, willing to talk about what troubles you, but secondly, to find someone who who is willing to listen. So clearly, that's that's one of the distinctions between differences between men and women. Women are much more willing to listen than men. So that's the task: find someone and and. You know, it's it's difficult to do because the mental health challenges of a lot of people in Australia, but right around the world, have increased. Hence, the work of Mind Medicine Australia. You know, because it's such a such a huge problem. And then, when the Archbishop last week in his statement says that the minority evil elite, the perver the perverts and pedophiles, they have a depopulation agenda happening. So it serves their purpose to have people struggling, you know, and suicide. Right. They're not worried about suicide. Suicides are in their game plan. Exactly, exactly. So, so Keith, what do you, do you, can you, in terms of the sound of freedom, in terms of, well, in terms of movies like The Sound of Freedom, and, and the publicity, what I'm hearing you say is we need to be willing to do things. I'm willing to do things on this show and I'm sure TNT Radio, and I'm wondering, you know, I, I, I ask you and we'll have a talk on offline of perhaps getting some people who've experienced this because I think these stories are powerful as a sound of freedom. You know, you might say how I could bring... I could bring people who would have a powerful, compelling story because what we have to do is drive awareness first, then support for your work to for people to understand the enormity of this problem. Do you think that's possible? Is that is that you know? It seems to me those conversations are certainly worth having, even perhaps on no, doesn't I wouldn't want it on an anonymous basis. I want I want to hear the story so that people can understand how bad it is. Well, I exactly, and my aim is to have a conference in money laundering in June this year. I've already spoken to Ernst & Young in relation to helping with that conference, and I've also spoken to Hollywood, particularly Maurice uh, Compton, who was the main act, one of the main actors in Narcos series and also Breaking Bad, and he's willing to come out and speak about money laundering and the suffering of human trafficking, and he's made a video for me and then there is a, um, 
a leading journalist, a human rights journalist, Lucy Sherald, Sheriff, who's in the United States of America. Lucy she, Sheriff, she's a journalist, Sheriff. Yes. <laughs> how, yes. Appro- how appropriate. We were, I was having a conversation recently about the meaning of people's surnames. So Bull Finn, you know, your name means the finish, the finish of bullshit. We'll talk real stuff with Keith Bullfin and my name in Hungarian means follow me the translation of, of my name Kovis. that's what that means you see so our surnames have deep meanings so lucy lucy sheriff is a journalist what's she doing she's supporting what your work is yes and she wants to make a difference and she will come and speak at the conference as well so and i'm also wanting uh, mary mcdonald who you know the actress who's at the critics award at the moment in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. um and more people because if they come out and they speak about it then the mainstream media become more aware and more supportive because they want to listen to what they got to say. So it, it's a start. You know, you've got mm. to start somewhere. And um, But it's also raising money in order to open, you know, further safe houses, particularly in Mexico, um, because we, we want to save as many girls as we possibly can. Well, I and, think the other thing... On your Monitors Foundation, so monitorsfoundation.com is the website. Are there, there's an organisation in Australia called Jab Injuries Global that have been interviewing victims of this trafficking and putting their story onto Jab Injuries Global website. There's been very impactful, driving lots of engagement. So I would, you know, they're one-page stories, two-page stories. They're not extensive biographies. So when and when people read, because stories sell, there's no doubt. People Data is one thing, but we, re, we relate to stories. So I would recommend that. And if people know people with stories, can they please contact me, charles at covest.com. I'll put you in touch with, with um, Keith Bullfin. You've got the Monitors Foundation website and and keith i'm i'm really i'm really thinking that that it is con it is shining a light as the archbishop says and when i talk about the minority evil elite i'm also then touching on what the archbishop talked about that that this, whilst you were talking about money laundering and money he says this is a you know, we've got, we've got one minute to go before we have to finish this conversation, but he says this is a spiritual battle as well. What do you say about that? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with him on that point. It really is. Very good. Well, Keith, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really want to unpack what we've talked about. I really want to shine a light on this. I'm sure TNT Radio wants to. The evil is is deep. The impact on people's lives is deep. And I really, you know, I honour you for your work. I will help you in any way I can with this conference, the Money Laundering Conference. If anyone else has some ideas on this, it'll be held in Australia? Yes, it is, Melbourne and Sydney. Beautiful. In June, it's being planned for, so please, um, let's talk about that. I love your idea in terms of cash, by the way, that cash will always be around because I'm on a mission with other colleagues to keep cash, to increase the use of cash in our society. Because if we're all digital currency and digital ideas, we're IDs, we're in big trouble. Everybody use more cash, Take, take Keith's advice, but do it ethically, morally, legally, lawfully. 
Keith, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to speaking with you some more. And everybody, thank you for being with us on the program. And we'll be back next week. Have a wonderful week and live with passion and reduce your mental health problems. Bye for now, Keith. Thank you. Thank you.